The Family Kitchen Gardener, Part 3A, by Robert Boist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bilona Times. The Family Kitchen Gardener by Robert Boist. Artichoke. Cynara scolentis in Latin. Artichoke, French. Artichoke, German. The artichoke is principally cultivated in the gardens of the French, by whom it is considered more as a luxury than a profitable esculent. There are two varieties, the globe and the green. The former is so called, from its globular head, of a dull purplish tint. The scales are turned in at the top more than the other variety, and it is preferred as the scales or edible parts are thicker and possess most flavor. The green is more hardy and prolific, the scales are more open, and the plant better adapted for culture in cold climates than the former. The heads, in their immature state, and before their blue, thistle-like flowers open, are cut and boiled in salt and water. The edible part is merely the fleshy substance on the bottom of the scales, which, to make palatable, has to be dipped in a nicely prepared sauce of butter and spices. They are frequently, however, eaten as a salad in a raw state. Culture it is propagated from seeds, or by division of the young suckers that arise from the roots of the old plants in spring. They are fit to slip or cut off after they have made a few roots and leaves. Plant them three feet apart each way, and in soil well prepared by digging and manuring. Water each plant freely and occasionally, if the weather continues dry, till they have taken root. Keep constantly stirring the soil, and destroying the weeds. On the approach of winter, remove all decayed leaves. Although it appears a very strong plant yet north of Virginia, it requires more or less protection, and may be covered with the earth taken from between the rows, and drawn well up round the roots. In very severe seasons, an additional covering of dry litter or branches is advisable. In spring, remove all the litter, level down the soil, and examine the stools. Let those of the strongest grow to produce heads. The rest are removed by a pressure of the thumb or a cut with the knife. Dig the whole ground level, using yearly plenty of good rotten manure. A bed will continue productive for seven or more years. If the heads are not wanted for use or seed, they should be destroyed from the stem, which promotes the strength and vitality of the plant. Seeds sown early in spring, in drills eighteen inches apart and two inches deep, will produce good plants the first season, and even be more permanent than those procured from offsets. Protect them carefully the first winter. Transplant early in spring, as above directed, for offsets. They will produce a few heads the following year, and thereafter a regular crop. If quality is preferred to quantity, 
The head that surmounts the stem only should be allowed to grow. All the lateral ones growing on the same stalk should be removed in their young state. Asparagus Asparagus Oftendilus in Latin, asperge, French, spargel in German. This universal vegetable is supposed to be a native of Great Britain, where it is found on banks of sandy soil contiguous to the sea, growing luxuriantly under the salt breezes. Cultivators have found that salt brine, or a thin covering of salt, thrown over the beds in the fall, before they have their final dressing, proves very beneficial to its growth. Although it is not considered a very nutritious vegetable, yet it occupies a considerable proportion of every garden, and is extensively cultivated for our markets, uh, some growers having eight or ten acres under culture, and I have no doubt that in very few years it will be increased tenfold. Propagation this is accomplished only by seeds. When a new bed is formed, in order to save time, two or three-year-old plants may be procured from nurserymen or gardeners at a very low rate. There are several varieties of asparagus named in catalogues, but there is a great similarity among them, and we will class them into two only, the green top and the purple top. The former is round in the top and of a bright green color, the latter of a purple-reddish-green color, very close-headed, and is the sort generally cultivated. There is another supposed variety, called the giant, which is greatly extolled by seedsmen on account of its size, but I believe the principal secret lies in the quality of the soil and the superiority of the culture. Sow the seed early in spring. About a pound will be sufficient for a family. Thinly, in drills, one and a half to two inches deep, and eighteen inches from row to row, in good, rich, sandy, loamy soil, well manured and prepared. Strong, one-year plants are much better for transplanting than those of even three years old, when the growth has been indifferent. Rake the ground even and keep it free from weeds by frequent hoeing. About the first of the following November, some stable litter should be spread over the ground to keep the young roots from frost. Culture The best ground for asparagus is a light, sandy loam, at least two feet deep. Before planting, it should be dug very deep, or trenched in the way we have recommended, burying in plenty of manure, as no more can be supplied after the beds are planted, unless by surface dressings. The ground can scarcely be too rich, for the sweetness and tenderness of the shoots depend on the rapidity of their growth, which is greatly promoted by the richness of the soil. A plot of ground twenty feet wide and from forty to fifty feet long, will be suitable for a moderate-sized family. Over it sow from fifty to one hundred pounds of salt, incorporating it with the soil to the depth of four or five inches. The ground having been well prepared and properly leveled, 
divide it off into beds four feet wide, with alleys of two feet between them. The work should all be done in fine weather, about the end of March. Drive in a strong stake at east corner, take out the plants carefully from the seed rows with, with fork, and expose them to the air as little as possible keeping them covered during the time of planting and not allowing the roots to get dry. Stretch a line lengthwise along the bed nine inches from the edge with a spade cut a small furrow six inches deep. Having the plants ready set a row along the trench nine inches apart with the crown of the roots two inches below the surface drawing a little earth upon them to fix them as placed. Having finished a row, cover them directly with the earth that has been thrown out of the furrow, raking it regularly and to an equal depth over the crown of the plants. Proceed to open another furrow, a foot from the first plant, and finish it as above, when you will have four hours, four rows to each bed. After all is planted, rake the beds lengthwise, drawing off all stones and rubbish. Dress the surface neatly and evenly. Let the edges be lined out in exact order, allowing two feet to each alley. As these alleys will be of little service the first season, and no waste ground should ever be seen in a garden, dig them up and plant a row of cabbage in each. Nothing further will be required during the summer than to destroy all weeds. The following winter, cover them to the depth of three or four inches with rotten manure to keep the crowns from sun and frost. If, in the spring, the earth is found to have settled in any part, the deficiency must be made up with more mold. It is common practice to sow radishes upon the beds, but it is an injurious one, as it robs the ground of a great portion of its nutriment, so essential to their luxuriant growth. The plants are permitted the two first years to run up to stalks, that strong crowns may be formed at their base for the future crop. After the third year, the beds will require the following mode of treatment. From the middle of October to the end of November, give them their winter dressing, which consists in cutting down the stalks close to the ground and clearing the beds from weeds, drawing them off at the same time with a rake into the alleys, to be buried or taken to the compost heap to be mixed up with other litter and again returned to the soil. Cover the whole of the bed with two or three inches of manure. The alleys must be dug spade-deep, at the same time spreading some soil over the manure on the beds, and leveling the hole evenly. It may be supposed that the annual dressing in this way will, in a few years, considerably raise the beds. But the by the spring, forking and raking, together with the hoeing and dressing during summer, a considerable portion of the earth is being continually drawn again into the alleys. As soon as the frost is fairly out of the ground in the spring, loosen the surf surface of the beds with a fork, introducing it three or four inches into the soil, turning up the earth with care not to wound the crown of the roots. 
Then make the surface on the beds even and equal, drawing off the, the rough earth, stones, etc., into the alleys. Finish by stretching a line along the edge of the beds, and trim them neatly off with a spade. Stirring the bed in this manner enables the shoots to rise to in free growth, admits the air, rain, and sunshine into the ground, and encourages the roots to produce buds of a strong size. A full crop may be expected the fourth season after planting. The proper method of cutting them is to scrape a little of the earth away from each shoot. Then, with a sharp-pointed, long-bladed knife, cut off the shoots slantingly, about three inches under the surface, taking care not to wound the younger buds that are advancing below in different stages of growth. It is in the best state for cutting when it is four inches above the ground, and while the top remains close and round. The cutting should never extend beyond the middle of June. Asparagus beds, with good culture, will continue to give bountiful crops for twelve or fifteen years. It is frequently forced on dung hotbeds and in the hands of the initiated with great success. But to go into the general minutiae of forcing vegetables would take us entirely beyond our limits. A few hints, however, will give an idea of the operation. Prepare a hotbed of two lights, in the, in the way we have directed for cucumbers, about two feet high at back and twenty inches in front. Cover it with four inches of soil. Lay thereon roots that are at least four years old. Cover them three inches with the same soil, and give the whole a copious watering. Admit air at the back by tilting the sash daily in sunshine. In two weeks, or three at most, you may expect to be able to cut for the table. A bed of this sort will produce daily, or at least every two days, a dish for the table, and continue in bearing three or four weeks. The process may be carried to the extent of the demand. Where properly managed, it will fully compensate either as a luxury or a marketable article. End of recording. End of The Family Kitchen Gardener, Part 3A.